when you are financially free, you can make some serious impact in this world. You can do what you want to do. You can, you know, support who you want to support. You can amplify your voice and your message in a bigger and more meaningful way. John Lee Dumas, welcome to the show and another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. If you don't know already, John Lee Dumas is the founder and host of the massively successful podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and is the fearless leader of a following of, I think, over 180,000 entrepreneurs, sidepreneurs, wannapreneurs, small business owners, and people pursuing their own version of freedom that he calls Fire Nation. He's interviewed over 3,000 incredible entrepreneurs, including, and I'm going to name drop here, Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, Gary Vee, who's one of my faves, actually. Yeah, he's the best. And Barbara Cochran, also one of my faves, uh, and Tim Ferriss. But it wasn't always peaches and creams, rainbows, and unicorns. For the first nine months of the podcast, no revenue was coming in, and everyone around him, including his podcast mentor and mastermind group, was telling him that a seven-day-a-week podcast was not the way to go. Big, bad idea. But he had vision, and he stuck with it with a commitment to giving high value to his listeners and now has millions of people downloading his podcast every month. And that commitment is something I am super interested in exploring with him since after spending eight years of his life as an officer in the army with a 13 month tour of duty in Iraq, which I thank you so much for your service. His early career after that was not exactly a poster child for commitment. He jumped from law school, dropping out year one to corporate finance, to commercial real estate, trying to find his way and didn't really land on the thing that lit him up and got him on fire to slay the day, if you will, to now being super focused in his lane, living his passion, making a huge impact, great income, which by the way, he shares on his website publicly, which I think is a great idea. I know Pat Flynn does that as well. Super cool. He's made it happen for himself and he now is coming out with a book very soon. And we are releasing this the month it's coming out. So let's say, there it is, the uncommon, the common path to uncommon success. I love it. Uh, where he lays out a 17-step roadmap, which we will get into, that will guide you to financial freedom and fulfillment. I personally pre-ordered it, and I hope you all do too. So welcome to the, jo- the show, John. It is great to have you here. Listen, I'm fired up to be here. That person you were just describing sounds like a cool dude. I want to meet him, but uh, no, seriously, thanks for all that. Don't you? Much yeah. appreciated. Super fun. I'm looking forward to a great conversation with you today and just really adding value specifically to your listeners and your viewers. That's, that's the goal. Well, let's start with that because you, you lead with that a lot. You, you talk about giving value. And one of the things that I, I preach, I talk to my clients about is giving is the first law of receiving. And yet it can't be with an eye to manipulation or an energy of martyrdom. It, it has to be free and clear. So I, I, the, the energy behind it has to be free and clear. So I'm interested in how you approach just giving value with being strategic, because I know you're strategic about 
how you've grown your business, even though sometimes it's 2020 hindsight strategy. <laughs> oh, that looks good uh, looking back. But like, how do you how do you blend the two? That that like, I'm just gonna give freely with with just no strings attached and strategy. So you mentioned I was an officer in the U.S. Army, and at 26 years old, I had just finished my fourth year of active duty, and I entered the reserves. So therefore, I actually entered the real world. And the next six years were tough. I mean, they were not happy. They were not successful. I went to law school, dropped out, corporate finance, quit, commercial real estate, not for me, all these different things. It wasn't working for me. It just wasn't working for me. And then on that point of value that you brought up, I was reading a business book, trying to educate myself, trying to get out of this funk that I was in. And it was a quote by Albert Einstein that virtually slapped me in the face. And that quote was, Try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And I had to look in the mirror and I'm like, I've actually just been chasing success for the past six years and I've been finding failure and, and, and unhappiness and unfulfillment. What am I doing that's actually being a person of value? And the answer was nothing. I wasn't being a person of value if I was being honest with myself. And so the aha moment didn't come in that, in that specific lightning bolt of a concept but I just kind of chewed on it. I thought about it. And I said, the next thing I do will be value first, free and valuable and consistent. Those are the three tenets of that next thing I do. And to make a really long story short, I was consuming a lot of podcasts. And I remember saying to myself, I want to go and find that daily podcast that's interviewing entrepreneurs and telling their stories. Because I'm learning so much from the, from the episodes that I'm listening to on other podcasts, but they're coming out once a week. So it's not enough. I need to go I need to have one waiting for me every single day, seven days a week. And I went back to search for that podcast and it did not exist. And I was like, mind blown. How does this not exist? Just, you know, of course, being naive and ignorance is bliss. You know, I didn't realize how much work it would be, of course. And uh, I said, hey, why not follow Gandhi's advice here and be the change you want to see in the world? I wanted to see a daily podcast in the world that was interviewing entrepreneurs. So why not be that podcast? And so back in 2012, I launched the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. Um, as you and I are talking, I've published over 3,000 episodes. Uh, I've had over uh, 100 million listens to date. Um, the podcast gets over 1.4 million listens every single month. And as you mentioned with our income report, we've now published 89 monthly income reports in a row with a net profit of over $100,000. Net profit every single month. And that's, by the way, is with three virtual assistants. Like it's me, Kate, and three virtual assistants. So it's a lean, mean, profit-making machine. And I'm really focused on that because, man, when you are financially free, you can make some serious impact in this world. You can do what you want to do. You can, you know, support who you want to support. You can amplify your voice and your message in a bigger and more meaningful way. And that's, you know, where the whole concept of this book comes from is how to get you there, how to get you financial freedom how to get you fulfillment. And it's a 17-step roadmap. It's not complicated. And that's what I had to write. I, I love it. I want to dive into that in a moment. But, but bridge the gap for me on, you know, I just wanted to do this thing because I saw a need in the marketplace. And I get it, right? The law of compensation says that you are going to be compensated according to the, your, the problem that you're solving, the need for what you're doing, plus a few other things, your ability to do it, and the difficulty in replacing you. That being said, you you weren't starting with a strategy, but obviously there's strategy along the way. 
correct? I mean, are you not thinking of like, for instance, you're launching a book right now, right? This is, and you're going to give my audience a huge amount of value and it's a strategy, right? Like you, you thought, okay, my first book, I love it. It is your first my book. My right? first traditionally published book. It's the culmination of everything. <laughs> Congratulations. I love it. I love it. But so like pull back the curtains a little bit. What's been your strategy for, for launching the book and, and integrating that with this concept of leading with value, leading with giving? Lead with value lead with giving. I mean, I want to echo those words that you share because they're so, so powerful. Like I had to, again, back in 2012, be honest with myself, what am I doing of value? And the, I was really doing nothing. And so when I committed to doing something that was free, viable, and consistent, I, I was serious. That's why I went daily because I wanted to give, give, give. And for nine months, it was just giving. That was, you know, 200 plus episodes of just putting it out there into the universe, hoping people, people were listening not seeing any return on that investment, just free, valuable, consistent content. Of course, uh, talking to amazing people, learning from every one of them. I mean, loving those conversations I was having, but literally making $0 essentially in the first nine months. And then, you know, from months nine to 13, I brought in a little money here and there with sponsorships and coaching a little bit of this, but it wasn't really until the 13 month point that I had my first breakthrough. And like, when you really do the math, that was actually like, month 16 or 17, because I had a, a, a three-month pre-launch period. So like this was well, well over a year of just giving value, of just as you know, Gary would say, jab, 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 before you give that right hook. And so for me, it was just giving. It was just learning and finding myself and improving my skills as an entrepreneur, as a podcast host, you know, putting in those reps. And then as much as I could, when people were so grateful that I put this daily podcast out, because not of the value that I was giving, because I was giving personally very little. I didn't know what I was talking about or doing, but I was just asking my, my guests good questions and getting out of the way. And they were providing huge value. So the shows were valuable. I just realized that, man, I need to engage with my listeners. And so when they would reach out and say, John, thank you for the great show. I'm so glad you brought so-and-so on. I'd say four questions. Number one, how'd you hear about me? So I could start to learn how people were actually hearing about the podcast. So I could actually amplify the ways that we're working. And then like number two, what'd you like about the show? I could actually start to understand and listen and, and, and hear people telling me what they liked about the show. So I could start doing more of those things. Number three, what don't you like about the show? Now, the first person that told me what they didn't like about the show, I didn't go change the show immediately. That could have been an anomaly. But over time, if I got a very consistent response on one certain thing that wasn't liked, then yeah, it's time to change things up there. And then number four, the most important question what is your biggest struggle right now? What's your biggest struggle in your life right now? You are my listener. You're listening to my podcast. You're liking my podcast, which is why you're reaching out to me and thanking me for it. You are one of my top raving fans in this moment. I need to know what your biggest struggles are. And they would tell me and I would keep documents of all of these things. And so when it came time for me to then down the road, create the solution for that problem in the form of a product or a service or a community, I built up that no like, and trust because I've been delivering this free podcast for over a year at this point. I knew my audience. I asked them what they were struggling with. And then I'm saying, you told me what you're struggling with. Here's the solution. Take it. You know, this is what it, this is what it is. And yeah. that's how I built a business. It, so, it's, it's not, so it's not complicated. Feedback was the, the big strategy there. And nobody, and nobody gets feedback. Nobody actually engages with their audience in a meaningful way. 
you know, in, in an unmeaningful way, it happens all the time. Great show. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Heart this, like that, do this. But asking that next question, asking, asking for, yeah. The next question is digging deeper. It's really getting personal. It's really un- uncovering those things that I just shared, specifically the last one, what's your biggest struggle, so that you know what solutions should and need to be created in their world. Love it. That's where the true fire is. Love it, love it, love it. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, John, was because I know that you run this business with your life partner. And many of my clients- My fiance, thank oh, you. congratulations. I didn't realize that. I, did, I popped the ring on Christmas Day. Oh, or pop the question. I, I assume she said yes. Well, she's your fiance, so she said yes. Fantastic. <laughs> congratulations. I love it. So a lot of my, my, my audience is mostly women, mostly women entrepreneurs, and many of them run their businesses with their life partners. And sometimes their life partners are also other entrepreneurs. They might be in different businesses or they're not entrepreneurs. But, but for this question, I want, to, want you to specifically speak to any advice you would have for women entrepreneurs, for the, for the, for the Christians of your, my sure. world, right? How do you, how do you successfully navigate working in the same business and building it together? What have been the pitfalls? What have been the great moments? How do you, how do you make it better every day and keep growing there? So one thing again, that you really need to be living in, and this does go for females and males, but I'm speaking directly to the females. Cause you know, you specifically asked is, are you living in your zone of fire? Are you actually operating on your big idea and in your big idea every single day? And the answer for most people is no, they're just not. It's like they're getting up and they're doing something that's moving their business forward. They might be making a little bit of money and this and that. But at the end of the day, like they started the thing they're doing right now because they saw somebody else was doing it. And now they're like, well, they're having success. I'll just do that. And they've now formed like this weak, pale imitation of somebody else. And then they're wondering why they're not standing out or they're not getting traction. You need to sit down and, and really dial in step one. Step one of the 17-step roadmap, your big idea. It's critical to get this right. And again, so many people have it wrong. And by the way, those people that have it right, it feels awesome to validate and confirm it. So you need to do this process. You need to do the step. And so many people have it wrong, but it's not like they're way off. Maybe sometimes it's just a tweak, an adjustment, a pivot. And now they're really, you know, cooking with fire, so to speak. Like they're really living in their zone of genius, in their zone of fire. And I've seen this happen so often. We're just like this little click, this little twist has just opened up a whole new mindset for people. And now they're off the races. And some people are just like, whoa, this was a wake up call that I am actually way over here. And my zone of fire is right here. I'm just wiping the, the slate clean and, and don't have that sunk cost fallacy of just because you were doing something for a certain amount of time, you're going to have to do it t- today, tomorrow, in the future. Like, no, t- every day is a new day and you should be excited and willing to reinvent yourself in that manner. There are so many miserable, depressed lawyers because they went to one semester of law school. Same thing goes with doctors and fill in the blank for any profession. There's like, oh, I spent $10,000 on tuition for this semester. So I guess I've got to be a lawyer for the next 40 years of my life. It's like, no, you worst don't. mistake of your life. Again, for some people, for, for a lot of people, like that's just reality. So did you have to work that out in terms of what your zone of genius was or your zone of fire and what Kristen's zone of genius and zone of fire was? Was there any complication around that? A lot of complication. Yeah. And how did you work that out? So how did you do that in, in partnership with each other? 
So what's really important is you sit down. And just so you're, you're confusing me a little bit, you're saying Kristen, are you, are you meaning Kate, my, my fiance? Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. I just want to make sure. I, I think I'm, did I do poor research? What? No, it's Kate. But listen, I thought, I actually thought you might be talking about like a female avatar named Kristen. So I just wanted oh. to make sure you were talking about the, the right this person. So yeah, so Kate. We're just is- going to have to, do we edit this out or do we no, leave oh my the God, blue, no. the, blo- no. the, what is it called? God, the no. blooper. This is the big blooper. This is <laughs> huge. And this is like, I think this is actually a learning point for people. And this is why you have to keep it in. Like people are going to come up to you at conferences. You're going to get emails on this. You're going to get messages. They're going to be like, first off, like that was hilarious. Thank, thank you for calling, you know, like Kate Kristen for the first half of the, of the interview because you're a human, you make mistakes. And thank you for not editing it because so many people are so scared totally. of, of creating content, of putting it out in the world, of doing things because they're like, what if I make a mistake? What if you I make, make mistakes? mistakes all the time? Oh my God. Every yeah. single person, because you're a human being. So embrace those mistakes. Your audience is going to love it. My dog, last interview, my dog's right here sleeping. Yeah. He just literally like ripped it. And, and like <laughs> the host kind of looked at me and I'm like, I swear it was my dog. And the interview before that, <laughs> literally, uh, Gus is his name. He just barked. And I'm just like, oh, let's bring Gus into the interview. Like I didn't try to hide it or like not ignore it. I'm just like, just well, you know what's life. funny about this is I had a little question for you. Like, is, are you in partnership with Kate? Yeah. And then I did a like on my little notes, and then I did a little bit more research, and I eliminated that. But I know this is like one of my my Achilles heels, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> my my not so great traits, which is I flip names around, and I like like. Let's put the record real quick. You did great research because, you know, so many people for years now, like five years ago, seven years ago, two years ago, were just like, oh yeah, how are you and your wife doing? And on, you know, on shows and, and, and which is fine. I don't even correct them because it's no big deal, but like, they just have no idea. But like you, you know, until just a month ago, you know, she was my life partner. So I was like, you're doing good. You're all right. But, you know, no, just help. Don't, don't cross off. Don't, uh, erase the, the question that the person Oh man, made. these are the best right. parts. Oh, these <laughs> I are the love best. it. Okay, back to back to the point though, because I think this is a big deal for people. They, it's hard to navigate with their partners. They're they're in the business twenty four hours a day. They're being the they have the entrepreneur head. How do you pull out? How do you navigate? Who does what? Are you all both in your zone of genius? I mean, just yeah, it's a great question. I will say there's there's a great book um, called the, the Five Love Languages. That's it. a classic. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's kind of, there needs to be like an entrepreneurial love language book. So by the way, if anybody thinks it can take that project on, like you should, because it's needed. What's interesting is <clears throat> Kate's, Kate's really not an entrepreneur. Like she never has been. She was not when I met her. She had a, a nine to five job that she actually really liked and all of those things. And the reason why Kate and I work so well is because she's not this like idea entrepreneur, like big idea all over the place map. She loves having a job to do and doing it. She's operations. She's detail oriented. You know, she does all of the systems, all of the, the, you know, the, the accounting that all this jazz, like unbelievably important parts of the business that frankly, like people like myself and probably you and most entrepreneurs who are kind of like the face of the business, you know, are either terrible and or hate doing. And so Kate came in and she's like, like, I'm not going to come up with my own ideas and do my own thing. But since I see you have an established business because I was like eight months in and things were picking up and momentum was happening. She's like, I can come in and help. She's like, I'm not going to launch ever my own thing, but I can come in and help this. So she was the right fit from day one because we weren't like two entrepreneurs like trying to do this thing together. We were like, 
it was me launching Entrepreneurs on Fire, hacking out a little niche, a little tiny niche, getting a little momentum, and then bringing Kate in to just like be amazing in her role, which is, you know, you know, doing all those things that I mentioned and me being amazing at my role, which is this, having these interviews, you know, doing the face-to-face, the voice-to-voice and having the big ideas and her being like those nine of nine of those 10 are dumb ideas. And I'm like, you're totally right. <laughs> but that, that one though, it's not a terrible idea. We're doing it. Let's go. So what I'm hearing you say is that she is a great second in command. Like every, like she runs. She like, is an amazing number two. Like you need one yeah. of those in your business, whether you're paying, you know, like, well, she's on salaries, so she's getting paid, believe me. But I mean, you know, whether you're like, it's your partner or somebody you found, you know, find to hire and to do that, like all that jazz, like that is. We all need a Steve Palmer. Yeah. All need one. Yeah, totally. Love it. Okay. So next question for you. And then I want to dig into the book because I think that this is really, it's a cool concept. So I've, I, in my research, hopefully I won't have to say names now. Oh, I have one name I have to say in this. Okay. But, um, so I'm a lover of Gary V. I just adore him. And I read someplace that you used to have a morning routine where you got up and one of the things that you did might've been listened to Gary V. And, and then you have this, also this, this, um, you know, if I could give myself advice to my younger self, it would have been chill and relax, right? Like just allow more. So let's talk about this, this dynamic, this dichotomy between the go hard, the work ethic, right? Like just like grind it out, which is the Gary V style. Now he does it with a great attitude. I happen to do it with a great attitude. There's a grind it out with your monkey on your back attitude and there's grinded out like I just love what I do and I'm gonna and I'm gonna grind. And then there's the the relax and allow approach. So you're saying both things. How do you integrate? What's your what's your vision on that? What is your personal, not your theoretical, but like how do you actually live that? So for me, I love to just nose to the grindstone and work hard. And I did that for the first few years of my business, like many, 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 many hours a day, many hours a week. And I made it happen. And then I built a business that has systems and tools and a team. And now I don't have to do that. So now I have, you know, times when I sit down and I'm working harder and more efficiently than pretty much any other human being I've ever met that I know in a two hour block, in a four hour block. You know, sometimes if, you know, it's, it's a really crazy day, you know, maybe a six hour block, literally. Um, you know, am I ever going to want or be a Gary Vaynerchuk who wakes up in the morning and then he just grinds till midnight, you know, six, seven days a week, you know, he in New York city with 850 people, you know, in his business doing this, doing that, just not the life I want to live. I'm in Puerto Rico, man. I'm on the Caribbean. I want to wake up. I want to have a block of unbelievably hard work to do and get, get it done. And then I'm done. And then I'm down by the pool. I'm walking my dog. I'm relaxing. I'm reading a book. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like that's what I want. That's what I need. So again, I'm all about going all in, but it's a very efficient block of time. Now, nine years in, I was, you know, very, to get the business off the ground, it was grind central. Yeah. There was some leverage that had to happen there. Okay. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I love that clarification. Okay. Let's dive into the book. Tell us, you told us step one, which of the next 17 steps would you like to tell us? Yeah. About? Like what's going to like be like the thing that my audience is going to go like? Yeah. I have the absolute answer for you based on how this conversation has been going. And 
the reality is this, this book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, it is the culmination of the 3,000 plus interviews that I've done over the past nine years of my own nine-year journey, eight of which, by the way, the last eight have been a multi-million dollar a year running, running this business, Entrepreneurs on Fire. Incredibly profitable, incredibly lean, making things happen. A lot of lessons learned from running my business, but you know, countless lessons learned from these interviews that I've done with the world's most inspiring entrepreneurs that I've distilled down into these 17 core foundational principles. This is a 17-step roadmap, chronological, that will get you to financial freedom and fulfillment. This is the common path to uncommon success. It is my life's work to date. It's my best work ever. It will get you there. We talked about your big idea, number one. I want to move forward to chapter seven, which is a beast. Like every one of these chapters is like three to 5,000 words, which is kind of average. This chapter is 13,500 words. It could be a book by itself. I mean, you know, this, this is a, this is a pretty, this book has got some, it's got 71,000 words in it. So it's a big meaty book. Um, But just chapter seven, you're creating your content production plan, creating your content production plan. After I finished that chapter, I had no idea it was going to be that long. I said, I looked at, I was like, holy crap. Like, this is why we're so successful. This is why I've built the seven figure a year business for eight years in a row now with three virtual assistants. Like this makes so much sense to me. We have such an amazing content production plan. It is unbelievable. And this is where so many people get it wrong. Cause like everybody, I'm talking about my peers, people that are on my audience are like, John, like, wow, you produce so much content. Like it's so good and high quality. You must have a massive team. Like, you know, Gary has 17 people that just work on his content. It's like, no, it's like, we have, there's, I have three virtual assistants and they're busy doing other things besides content production. Like our systems and our tools and our automations are so amazing. Chapter seven, it will change your business. It will change your life. Just that one chapter of the 17, but of course all 17 are amazing. And, you know, I'm really passionate about this book. Like we're super, super geared up on pre-orders because um, that makes or breaks book launches. So we decided to make it such a no brainer. If anybody who just pre-orders the book before the March 23rd date, we have five bonuses. All five, by the way, get pulled the day it launches because we can't keep doing these bonuses. You'll hear why in a second. But we have five bonuses for people who pre-order. They're all flipping amazing. Just the first bonus, I'll give you a tease. I'm shipping all three of my journals, all three of my journals, the podcast mastery and freedom journal. I'm shipping to your door, literally. If you're in the US, I'm shipping all three of these to your door, $150 worth of journal values to your door. If you're outside the US, you get the digital packs, which are beautiful. They're fillable. They're, they're gorgeous. Four other bonuses as well. You have to find out what those four are. They're amazing. Um, when you visit Uncommon, <laughs> Uncommon <laughs> Successbook.com. Uncommon Successbook.com. There's a video of details of, from me about the book, my endorsements from Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin, Neil Patel, Dory Clark, Erica Mandy. All five bonuses are listed out there. You can pre-order the book, lock in all these bonuses, and uh, it's my gift to you. I think that's fabulous. I love that. I pre-ordered. I have to go back and look at what the other four bonuses are. I I had no idea that there were bonuses. I just wanted the book. So, and I hope everyone goes out and buys it because John has been listening to 3,000, not just some entrepreneurs, but successful entrepreneurs and picking their brains a half an hour at a time and finding the patterns, finding out what makes successful people successful. And one of the the ways that I 
scaled my business and became successful, and at least from a financial perspective, I would say from a personal perspective as well, was modeling what successful people do. It's like success leaves breadcrumbs. So if you want the breadcrumbs and you want someone to distill it for you, like run, don't walk. Okay, I have a final question for you, John. And what I ask all my guests, what makes you unstoppable? My desire to give a ripple effect to the world, to inspire somebody who's going to inspire somebody down the line. That's what makes me unstoppable because my inspiration never stops. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for doing your work in this world, for all the interviews, for distilling it into this book, for bringing these little, you call them value bombs, um, (laughs) to to the conversation today and sharing your story. So thank you so much. It's been great having you on. Take care. Adios. Thank you. Okay. And that's a wrap. Everyone's made for greatness, but not everyone executes on it. If you feel like you're hitting an invisible barrier and you're not living up to your full potential, join us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit where I'll show you exactly how to get out of your own way, apply the universal laws to your business, and scale quickly. Learn more and grab your ticket at theunstoppablewoman.com summit.